You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Great weather to be in church. Jesus did a lot of teaching around storms. <laughs> but I'm just going to very quickly try and uh, continue our discussion last week about grace. Um, will the band come nearer? Sense of family. You're Christians too. Come, come. All right. Help me say hi to the person next to you. Ask them how they are doing. Just pretend in the next one minute that you are a Christian, 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 that you are interested in the person. This is the whole band, I'm Larry. Front row seats. All right. Um, last week we had this discussion about grace. Um, and I'm just going to try and progress that discussion tonight. Uh, I'll read out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. The Bible says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And last week we spoke extensively about um, how that this is the very foundation of our Christian faith, right? It says, for by grace are you saved, and that once we cannot understand grace, it is very once we don't understand grace, we would struggle with our faith. We would struggle with the body of Christ. So I'm just trying to make sure that I don't, um, I don't become the light of the world. All right? Right. Yeah. And Sam, we need to either take this light up or something. But yeah. Now I feel just it's totally safe in case I get passionate in the message. Right. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and so, so that is what I want us to build on today. This understanding that you are saved by grace, it says not by works. It says because if you can point to works as the basis of your walk, your salvation, uh, then it is not what God has ordained, all right? And then I remember we read out of John chapter 1 and 14, John chapter 1, 16 to 17. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. When you read all the way down to verse 16, uh, the Bible says, for out of his fullness, if you read the Amplified Translation, the superabundance of his grace and truth. It says, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unend, undeserved favor of God and truth, came through Jesus Christ. So you would note the repetition of that phrase, grace and truth. 
All right, grace and truth. So let's pray tonight. Um, our Heavenly Father, tonight as we share your word, we ask that you would help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to divide the word correctly, to hear you in the teaching of the word. We ask that your word will be taught with power. We ask, Lord God, that in this place today, you will reign, you will rule, you will encourage, you will save, and you will do that which you've always wanted to do. We give you thanks, our Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. So you have to encourage me because it's raining. So I, I, can, hear the, I can hear the rain. So you have to like, keep on shouting in the middle of the message. Right? Anything that comes, not anything good. Like preach it, pastor. Right? Yes. <laughs> word, hair, word. Word is more modern. Right? Mm, yeah. When it hits you, right? Loud. Just everything. Just, but we have to be here. Okay? And I remember saying last week that one of the things that I have to like, take the sound up so I can hear myself, please. One of the things that understanding that you could not purchase your salvation uh, is also the fact that when you then look at other people who should be worthy of salvation, you do not measure that by works. You simply look at them and say, it is by grace. All right? It is by grace. Who is worthy of the grace of God? All mankind. All right? And I remember saying last week how that we cannot repackage the gift of salvation with modern religious standards. Because freely it was given unto us and freely we received it. And so when we talk to people about our faith, we must constantly say to them, it is by grace. All right? Um, so grace, we said, forgives. Grace assures us that when we stand before God, that we stand blameless. So Paul will say in Second Corinthians, uh, no, Romans chapter 5, I think if you read verse 17, he would speak about us who have received the abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. All right? So you receive the abundant provision of God's grace, and there's a gift of righteousness. All right, so we talked about how righteousness is not of works. It is by faith. All right? Um, we talked about the fact that God's grace provides. When we read Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, Paul would say, you know the grace of God towards you, that though he was rich, he became poor. That we through his poverty have become rich. When you read the other one, I think 8 9 says uh, that God will cause all grace to abound towards you. That you have insufficiency in all things and at all times may abound unto every good work. Grace teaches. Titus 2 11 to 13. It says, The grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching us. And, and, and this particular one is important, right? Because. You know, there's a way we t when you teach grace, and you will see it in Paul's writing, that you get to a place where your hearers and the people who you talk with sometimes begin to wonder, or oh, are you saying that it doesn't matter what I do, God will love me? It doesn't matter whether I am offending or not. And Because Paul will stop in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, I think, and he would say, look, should we continue in sin that grace may have? But he says, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He says, certainly not. 
Okay? Because grace, Titus 2.11 to 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Help me ask the person next to you, have you received the grace of God? Have you received the grace of God? Have you received the grace of God? I remember we said last week that the grace of God strengthens. So God will say unto Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Because Paul would say to God, look, there is a, a part of my being that I am uncomfortable with. There is something in my life that is not reflective of the strength of God. And God will say, look, my strength is made perfect, is made, is expressed in your weakness. And he says, it is by the operation of grace. In fact, when you read Hebrews chapter 13, I think verse 9 and verse 10, he would say, it is good that the heart be strengthened by grace. Um. I've been saying to us as a church that in this season, that your growth, your spiritual growth is such an important thing. That your walk with God is priceless, right? I know there are a lot of things on your lists, right? But your walk with God is priceless. And the understanding of grace, it's, it's like how when you want to start to study any course, there will typically be this they will call them, uh, what do you call like The ones you have to do before you do the other ones. What do you call those courses? Yeah, exactly. I knew it was a long word. That course. So grace is like that. Okay? And, and, I, and, I, would, I, know, and I would show us. And I remember saying something. And, and so I think there are three things I want to touch on tonight. Okay? So Paul says, or not Paul, John 1, 14, John 1, 16 to 17. He says that from his grace we have received grace upon grace so i'm going to talk tonight about how the grace of god that unmerited favor that help that comes from god i'm going to talk today about how that grace um, finds expression in our life what do we then do with the grace of god okay and i'm going to talk about how you know in in first peter 4 10 it talks about how that it says it's many-sided grace i'll talk about that I would also talk about how uh, there is a relationship between grace and truth. Okay? I'll talk about that. And then lastly, and I think that's the end and I will pray about that, is this place where, you know, Paul begins to talk about this thing, says abounding in grace. Because I think it's in Acts chapter 6 when they're talking about a man called Stephen and they say of him he was full of grace and of power. He was full of grace and of power. Okay, let me let me talk about grace and truth first. So, when we receive the grace of God, Ephesians chapter 2 says, for by grace I am saved, for by grace follow be saved, by faith. By faith. So, we receive the grace of God by faith. It is an empowerment from God. And the beauty of the grace of God is that it's not just saying it is okay with you. It empowers you to be okay. The grace of God doesn't just say 
uh, don't worry, you're no longer poor. It empowers you to be rich. It does. The second Corinthians 8. It says, you know the grace of God towards you. That though he was rich, he became poor for our sakes. And I remember saying last Wednesday, that you can determine what kind of riches that is. But for me, I take the full definition of what it means to be rich. So we access grace by faith. Now, anything you've accessed by faith essentially kind of dwells in the spiritual. And one of the things I've found as I've you know, studied grace in the last couple of weeks preparing for this was that it was possible for a Christian to have received grace. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. It happens in their spirit, happens in their heart. But that they find the expression of the grace of God difficult. They find that, you know, the Bible says, for as many as received Jesus, he gave power. He gave them grace to become sons of God. But they find that they are still struggling in life. They find that it is hard to bear the fruits, quote unquote, of righteousness. They find that they're still, because, so, so I say, look, you received grace. God doesn't judge you. You say, fantastic. But you say, Idris, I am still struggling with lying. I am still struggling with a besetting sin. I'm still struggling with a sexual sin. I'm still struggling with hatred. I, I, hate, I hate someone. He, he, he or she did something to me. But I have received grace in my heart. A couple of weeks, months ago, I started just feeling more and more. I said, look... The tension in the Christian life is amazing. It's so exciting because the same Christian is dealing with the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The same Christian is meant to be here on earth and looking towards heaven. Dealing with the past, the present, and the future. The spiritual and the things which, are, which you can handle. But in this particular case, you are dealing with the fact that you have received grace from God. But you are not seeing the expressions in your life. Right? So, <laughs> so you look at scripture and it describes the fruit of the Spirit. And then you look at your life and you're like, no, it is still very far. And so what we do is that we put on a form of Christianity. Um... We, we learn the Christian songs. We, we learn what Christians do when they come to church. You see that normally when Damilari is worshipping, he raises her hands up. So when the music comes up, you raise your hand up. You learn the Christian language. They said, how are you? You say, it is well. Right? You learn the Christian things. But deep within your heart, you realize that you still are not... That it's not you are you are you are not bringing forth the fruit yet, and, and I tell you why. I tell you why. It's one of the reasons, and I think I began to talk about this on Sunday when I talked about the renewal of the mind, the renewal of the mind. In your spirit, you have received the grace of God. You have received the empowerment of God. In your soul. There are still, for lack of a better word, scripts 
that have been written when you were not yet saved and which continue to produce some of the results that you used to see when you were not yet saved. And just stay with me tonight and I'll try and you know, make sense of all this. And so when the Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus was full of grace and of truth, when we receive Jesus, we're meant to receive both grace and truth. Grace changes, it empowers us. Truth changes our minds. Truth changes our hearts. Truth changes the way that we think. So we access that truth by being planted in his word and letting that word dwell richly. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. Um, sometimes you try and charge your, you want to, so we all have mobile phones. And luckily for now, we live in Lagos, so this example you understand, sometimes there's no power to charge your mobile phone, right? And you're upset. Um, trying to live without grace as a Christian is like trying to power your mobile phone without, without power in the building. It is not meant, it cannot, it, well, someone to say, well, you have a power bank. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm sending a power bank. Grace is the enablement of God. But when that power is then supplied to the building, what we must do is to plug our phones in. Is to switch it on. Because, I mean, it's happened to me a couple of times. Sometimes I put the phone in and I, I leave it overnight and come the next morning not charged because I forgot to switch it on. Right? And that whole process of receiving the truth is the process where we allow the power of God find expression in our lives. So grace says that you have the power to become. Truth essentially makes sure that you have the instruction from God, the manual from God, the compass from God to use that power. Grace says that God no longer counts our sins. Truth says yes, and he expects us to perfect righteousness or holiness out of reverence from him. Grace says, look, nothing will harm you. Truth is what changes your mind to also understand that having been delivered from pain and hurt, that you will not knowingly bring pain to other people. So grace will tell you that you are forgiven and truth will say to you that you have to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Because for forgiveness, for example, once a Christian has been forgiven, the expectation is that you do not hold other people in unforgiveness. All right? And, and it's interesting. So grace empowers you Truth walks in your heart, walks in your life to change your mind so that that power can find expression. Otherwise, we risk living in a place where we have received the grace of God, but it is not finding expression in our lives. Um, so I did a little, a little chat. Um, if Martins has that chat, we can put it up now and I'll just show it. Um, oh wow, okay, yeah. So, so, so if you can, I don't know if you can all see it here, right? And so we said, if we, 
if we had, sorry, this is like, it looks like school, so that's fine, don't worry. So on one side, we've got grace, right? And on one side, we've got truth. Um, Falabi, can you explain this? Well, you've been in the class. All right, but, but so, so what, what we say is, if you are very low on, on grace, so, so this is a low grace, yeah, yep. And you're also very low on truth. So this is low truth. High truth on that side and high grace on that side. So you're in this quadrant where you do not, you have not accepted, you've not come to understand God's love and God's grace. And yet you do not also have the truth deeply. Now what happens is you are, typically you'll find people in that box who I would call social Christians. So they are Christians because they know it is, their parents were Christians right? Uh, they're Christians because they, are every, it's, it's, they know it's nice to do. They, they, they don't like the other religions. They don't really understand it. So this one looks fine. When they're Christian tourists, essentially they, they would go after everything that moves, right? They would attend programs. They would, you know, so what church do you go to? They would call like four or five, you know? They're not planted anywhere and sometimes actually reflective of the fact that in terms of even their walk with God, they, they still have not made peace with God yet. Alright? So that is low grace and low truth. Now, let me talk about the high grace but low truth people. Or quadrant, okay? Now, those are the people who tell you, look, God loves me. He deeply loves me. He loves me and there is nothing that I can do that can change the love of God for me. In fact, see, I'm going to a strip club now. You will see it. God, the Holy Spirit is going to follow me. He will never leave me. He will never. I'm telling you, I've come out of the strip club. Did anything happen? No talk. Did you see? Did, no, you, you saw me. I came out. And I, just watch what I did. God forgive me. He has forgiven me. That is the guy that tells his girlfriend. He said, don't worry. Don't you understand? We're under the dispensation of grace. See, eh, I love you too much. Let me, let me prove it. Let, sleep with me. Don't worry, we will ask for forgiveness. So they plan their sin in advance. They book forgiveness in advance. So Friday night, Lord, I am going to sleep with Ungozi, so you will forgive me on Saturday morning. Those are, and you know, and it's, it's God. It's, what will he do? It's, it's God's grace. Those are grace. They, they, so they, but what it, what, you, what it breeds is people who run directly in opposite of what Paul speaks about in Romans chapter 6. It says that grace is not license for sin. Because these people have not yet received the truth. The Bible says Jesus is both grace and truth. So what happens is that they have an understanding that God loves them. But they've not yet understood that with that same love, they have received the power that changes them to be able to produce the fruit of righteousness. So they are reckless, they are destructive, I, and, I, and I'm speaking to us church as, as uh, people who are called to grow. Sometimes as a pastor, when I counsel with people, sometimes you can see reckless living. Right? Absolute reckless living. And, it, and the truth is that it is in different aspects of life. That people will say, I know God loves me. So I want to see how far I can go. I know God loves, it can't, you know. So Paul would talk about people who he said they became, they made a shipwreck of their faith. 
Um, it's people like this are still baby Christians, are still Christians who Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 4, have been tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now let me speak about people in, so low grace, low understanding of grace, but a high understanding of truth. Now here you find a lot of religion. A lot of religion. They understand the expectations of our faith. They understand that when someone gets saved, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. And so you shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. So they have all sorts of standards. But the challenge is that having not understood grace yet, they will, so if, if you see a brother, so let's assume we saw Samuel, who's talking during my message, now so I'm using for example, if you saw Samuel after service smoking, you just like, ah, no, boys, you see that fire that's coming out of his cigarette? It's hellfire. It's going to hellfire. I know it. I, no, I don't want to. Look, it's in the Bible. You cannot destroy the temple of God. It's going to hellfire. I know it. I don't want to judge him, but the Bible has judged him already. High truth, low grace. Or they say, ah, oh, did you see Tony? Did you see that sketch you wore? People who wear that skirt eh, cannot enter heaven. I'm not, if, if rapture happens, that skirt, they're not going anywhere. No, no, I'm telling you that the people who understand what has been written in the book of life, people who have a performance view of God's law, and we do not, <laughs> this is interesting, you know, we do not condone sin, but what does Jesus do when they bring the woman who they say is caught in adultery? Because Jesus could have joined the Pharisees and said, Madam, I don't understand. Early morning like this? Where's your husband? Madam, but you were the crusade with me when I was preaching the other day. <laughs> so they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. The challenge is that when people have an understanding of the expectations of the new birth but have not received grace what tends to happen is that we then put on a face we put on we we put on an impression for church people all of us now all of us if I, as we are here now if i ask you what is bonner boy's latest song all of you will swear you don't even know bonner boy bonner what's that bonner no no Pierre, ne- never i never heard meanwhile you have it on your phone <laughs> Abi, Trough, what is Bonner Boys? I don't know it. I'm just, I, I don't know it. I know my pastors. <laughs> you don't know it. You cannot know it. I know you cannot know it. But people were waiting for him in December till 2 a.m. The boy didn't come out. <laughs> anyway, I'm coming. Don't worry. I'm coming. So we put up a face. There's your church face, there's your church playlist. Right? The day you see past, so you're just driving into church. As you drive into Remy Oluwode, you number two. Mesichinwo. Once you're driving out, once you look back, look back, you hit the express, Bonaboy comes on. And I'm not saying that Bonaboy is, well, I don't know his songs like that. I don't actually, to be honest, I don't. <laughs> but, but what God calls us to is a life where we receive his grace and we receive the truth. Because what happens is that you receive grace, a transformation in your spirit. And then you receive the truth. And the truth heals, guys. The truth heals. The truth heals. The truth heals. 
Because one of the things that God's word, the truth, I'll, I'll read John 17 very quickly. One of the things it does is that for some people, the workings of sin in the soul had laid a stronghold. For some people, it was laid with pain. For some people, there was some dysfunction. For some people, there was... All, but truth as it comes, as you get into God's word, the Bible says, we're looking into the perfect law of liberty. The truth. When you read John chapter 17, Jesus is talking, he's actually praying. And he says, um, look, God, um, I'm not asking that you should take them out of the world. He says, because, you know, they are not of the world. He says, but Lord, would you please, you know, take care of them. I'm just going to actually paraphrase but... Uh, John 17, 17. Grace and truth. He says, Lord, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world. Yep. From verse 16. Of, let's do it verse 15. It says, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. It says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17. It says, sanctify them by your truth. It says, your word is truth. Your word is truth. And so, the grace of God was, was intended to be matched with the work of truth in the life of a believer. I've been there before, where... Um, struggling with a besetting sin. I think I said it last Sunday or last Wednesday. I said to God, look, there's no way there's no way I'm going to make heaven. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to help out in church, but I don't think I'm going to make heaven. And in that statement, for me, was the frustration of having received help from God. I knew that I'd received something from God. But I realized that I, could, I was not producing the life that I talked about in a particular aspect and so you find Christians who live under condemnation and under guilt but the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus it says for the Lord the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death that a Christian is actually meant to go around guilt free but you're supposed to be in a place where the grace of God and the truth of his word working in your life produce such lightness, produce such joy, produce such peace. Jesus has become to us grace and truth. Jesus has become to us grace and truth. No wonder when you read John chapter 15, he says, look, if you abide in me, he says, and my words abide in you. I think John 15, if you read verse 7, he says, you will, he says, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. And so I was asking myself, Lord, but why is it not enough for me to just abide in you? Surely, if I am in God, that is enough. If I am born again, if I have received his grace, that is enough. But he says, and my words abide in you. And my words abide in you. And my words abide in you. So it's not enough to teach someone that God loves them. 
but they must also get to the place where Paul says, let the word of God dwell richly within you. Let the word of God, let the truth dwell richly within you. Sometimes when you are not feeling well in the physical, if you go to the doctor, they would send you or ask you to take all sorts of medication. It is very rare when you take the medication that you can see the work that that medication is doing within you. Really. You just take the tablets, how many they say you should take on a regular basis, and it begins to do a work inside of you. And that's the same way. That's the same way. So, so how do you get to this place where Stephen, you know, got to where the Bible says he's full of grace and full of power? How do you get to the place where Paul gets to? Where in the book of Galatians, he says, look, I got to the church and I was talking to them. Read Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9. He says, James, Peter, the other guys, it says, when they perceived the grace that had been given to me. So that it gets to a place where there is a working of grace and truth in a man's life. And people can actually perceive that this man is not doing this by his own strength. But he's not trying to pretend to be religious. And as I speak tonight, I know there may be someone here. You have, you've struggled long enough trying to please God. You've, you've struggled long enough trying to stay off drugs. You've struggled by your strength trying to stay off pornography. You've struggled trying to stay off uh, 419 and all the other things. But the Bible says he's the one who is at work in us but to will. And to do of his good pleasure. How do we get to that place? The Bible says, out of his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. So may I suggest two or three things? And I, I would just ask us to pray tonight. And I'm asking that, you know, we, we give very strong consideration to the next couple of weeks. The next couple of months of your own walk with God. That you will not be the Christian who is running the Christian race without the truth of God's word in their life. How, how do we get to that place? So, how do we get to the place where that grace begins to find expression? It begins to abound. In fact, when Paul talks in Ephesians chapter 3 and 2, I think, he says to the church, he says, you know the dispensation of grace that was given to me for you. Meaning, look, guys, I had received grace I had enjoyed grace to a place where I began to have it enough for other people. That God began to say, Samuel, I've given you grace for young men in the city. That God began to say, he begins, you get to the place where he says, you have received my grace and the truth is working in your life. Hey, would you take grace for all these unemployed Nigerians? Or would you take grace for the health sector for Nigeria? Oh, would you take what Paul would call the grace for giving? He's talking to the Corinthian church. He says, you've excelled in all these other things. He says, I pray that you would also excel in the grace of giving. How do we get to that place? How do we get to that place? 
Acts 6 and 10. Eight, Acts 6, 8, 10. Acts 6, 8. The Bible says, Stephen, brimming with God's grace and energy. Stephen, brimming in the message translation. The Bible says, Stephen, this is amplified, full of grace, divine blessing and favor and power, strength and ability, worked great wonders and signs. If you read this in the message, it says, Stephen, brimming with God's grace and energy, was doing wonderful things among the people, unmistakable signs that God was among them. How do we get to that place? Humility is a big deal. Humility is a big deal. And I'm going to tie this so we can pray. Although it's not like you're going anywhere, right? So we can actually... So we can actually talk for a while. Humility is a big deal. And what is humility? A um, couple of years ago, I started, I can't remember what thought, you know, what, was, what I was thinking about. And I just remembered, I said that prayerlessness is one of the first marks of pride. Humility is not... Uh, you know, it's all these things we do when you genuflect. Humility is not that you don't carry your shoulder up or that you use low voice. That's not humility. In First Peter, he would say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he would exalt you in due season. It says God opposes the proud. So that... <laughs> So I was saying earlier to myself earlier today how that even in prayer in that constantly coming back to God's presence even in worship even in the place so Paul would say look I submit my weakness to God because the Bible says that there is something that happens as we interact with God when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 I think in verse 18 he says we all wait on veiled faces our faces open, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. It says there is a transformation that happens. It's humility that makes me wake up in the morning and recognize that I am not God. I recognize that no matter how busy I am, that I must return thanks to God, that I must stand in God's presence. The Bible says in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Humility is what says, I will not go a whole week without praying. In fact, humility is what says, I will not exalt my problems above my God. Because some people, it includes me, sometimes we can feel like we're so under a rock that this pain, this, this, this pain that we are carrying, this girl, see how she broke my heart, how could she say that? And then for one week, you don't pray. A whole week. She, she's now God, Abi Samuel. Just checking that you're here. He's not heartbroken, guys. So our prayer, the Bible says, it says we, we can come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the times of need. So there is something about prayer it's hard to study truth without prayer. I mean, the times when I get the most clarity, a lot of the times when I get the most clarity out of God's word, 
are times when I'm also investing in prayer. Humility, guys, is what leads us to the word. That's why you open scripture. The Bible says the word of God is given for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So humility is what leads us. And wake up every morning and say, Father, I'm going to read your word now. Would you speak to me? Recognizing that all sorts of people have been speaking to us, programming our souls for the last couple of years. Oh, yes. I'll talk about this just a little. But that we do not... Sometimes you say, I'm my own man. I like to... But it's, it's interesting how the way we think about certain things has been suggested to us steadily over time. So when you are up at 2 a.m. waiting for the latest episode of you know what. Yeah. And I know that because people say they are waiting. I don't like I don't wait like that. There are suggestions being made. L- let me tell you my one experience. That there were there was um there was a TV series. And I, I don't need to mention the name. And I, and I was watching this as I was in... This is about... Gosh, a, I just got out of school. And it was... It's comedy. It's beautiful comedy. And I was watching season one, season two. And then one day, I got to the place where I realized... But hang on. There are six friends, yeah? And that's as much clue as I'm going to give, right? No, no, no. no don't, don't ask me. Don't say anything. It's, maybe it's even a Nigerian show. Let's relax. And I realized at a point that almost everybody had slept with everybody in the midst of the laughter. You know? I just realized, ah, hold on, hold on. Hold, this, is not, this is not right. After a while, and you know, we're all laughing. Ah, ha, 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 oh, how funny, how funny. But everybody had slept with everybody. And they, we are laughing along, Right? But then what happens is just slight suggestions as to what is normal. And so you put that one there and you put something else on top of it. You add Netflix. You add some music. You add something here. Add something there. The guys in the office telling you what happened on Friday night. Add, oh yes, add Instagram, Twitter, which I think has gone crazy. That's a different topic for a different day. Humility is what brings you to the word and say, Heavenly Father, would you please fill my heart with your word? The psalmist says, your word have I hidden in my heart. He says that I may not sin against, that I may produce righteousness. Some of those psalms are prophetic. Jesus says in John 15 that we read earlier, he says, if you abide in me, he says, and my words abide in you. That there's an expression of grace that comes when we allow God's word dwell within the innermost part of our hearts. That there's a work of grace, there's a work of truth that can happen. Look, eh, there's... Um, yeah, there's, there's things that different people have been exposed to at different times in their lives. And sometimes we don't realize how much truth we need to put within our hearts. Some people have just been exposed to all sorts of pain. All sorts of abuse. Physical, emotional, and otherwise. 
Some people were exposed to pain and poverty from a young age. Some people were exposed to failure from a young age. And so we need to run into the word of God. Because if we could put our souls like an x-ray, for some of us we would be stunned at what we would see. But Jesus has become grace and truth to us. Grace and truth. That we get to the place where the grace of God is bubbling and is then brimming over. We get to the place where the graces of God, and Paul begins to talk about, Peter begins to talk about that in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Um, when I read First uh, Peter 4, 10, I think it's in the NIV, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now you begin to find different forms of the grace of God. The grace to heal. The grace to create. The grace to give. You begin to find supernatural strength. That having become a child of God and received the grace of God. And let truth work in your heart. Let truth work in your heart. John 17, 17, Jesus says, Your word, O Lord, is truth. He said, sanctify them by your word. There are too many of us who have become Christians but have refused to take the word and let it dwell within our hearts. And so we are low on grace and we are low on truth. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20 as I close. Paul says to the Ephesian church, he says, but you have not so lent Christ. You have not so lent Christ. It says, if indeed you have heard him, and have been taught by him. He says, as the truth is in Jesus. As the truth is in Jesus. He says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you would come to the place where prayer and the word are not disciplines that are they are not religious in any they are life skills they are our very life depends on it that you can never be more mature than the bible you can never it, it, you can't get to the place where you say i'm so mature i'm no longer praying i'm so mature i'm no longer studying god's word when paul is about to leave the uh, leave the church in ephesus acts chapter 20 he says i command i commend you to god acts 20 32 and to the word of his grace. It says he's able to build you up. And give you an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. Grace and peace are multiplied to us. As we increase in the knowledge of God. Tonight I'd like us to say this confessions after me. Say I am under the dispensation of grace. Come on shut. Let's say it like we want to shout. I'm under the dispensation of grace. Say, God loves me. Say, I have received Jesus in my life. Say, I have received the grace of God that saves me. Say, I am not saved by works. God paid it all in full. Say, my sins are totally forgiven. Say, my sins are totally forgiven. Someone, you need to shout that so your, your soul can hear. Say, my sins are totally forgiven. 
Say, God's grace teaches me to be holy. Say, I'm happy. I am successful. I am blessed because of the grace of God. Say, there are no limits for me because I'm a carrier of the grace of God. And you need to repeat those things over and over and over again. Let's try this one. Say, I'm abounding in the grace of God. Say, I am abounding in the grace of God. Say, I even receive dispensations of grace for others. Say, I'm humble and prayerful. Say, I am humble and prayerful. (laughs) Say, I'm submitted and invested in the word of grace. I am a product of God's grace. Can we just begin to pray in the spirit wherever you are tonight? Would you just pray in the spirit tonight? Can you just pray in the spirit tonight? Uh, if, you, if you don't pray in the spirit already, it's totally fine. It's okay for you to go ahead and just worship God. But we refuse to be the generation of those who frustrate the grace of God. We refuse to be the generation of those who, uh, one translation would say, nullify the grace of God. That the grace of God will find total expression in my life that the grace of God that was given to me in Christ Jesus will not be limited in any shape or form that I've not only received grace that I've also received truth I'd like you to just pray over your life and say Lord your word abides in me I don't know how much word you have you might be a bishop you might be a Christian of how many but could you ask God for more truth he says he says if you abide in me and my words abide in you could you ask god that lord i dedicate myself to the truth someone else needs to say lord is there anything within my heart within my mind that needs to be healed needs to be impressed needs to be changed by the truth lord i dedicate myself to you tonight someone else needs to pray and say lord make me like stephen full of grace and of energy. Lord, make me like Stephen, full of grace and of energy. I don't want to be low grace. I don't want to be low grace. I don't want to be low. I don't want to be low. I don't want to be hypocritical. I don't want to have to put on a show for other people. I want to get to the place where the Bible says that they perceived the grace of God that was given unto Paul. It says, not by power, not by might. That shouts of grace, 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 shouts of grace. Mary says, how shall these things be? He says, the power of the Most High shall come upon you and overshadow you. Someone needs to pray and say, Lord, let your grace take me where human strength, human connections, human network, human human abilities can take no man. Someone else, you have been dealing with a particular besetting sin. It is time to pray tonight and say, Lord, let the truth set me free in this area. Lord, let the truth set someone free from pornography forever. In the name of the Lord Jesus, 
let the truth set someone free from drugs from marijuana let the truth set someone free from cocaine in the name of the lord jesus let the truth set us free from the hold of poverty from abuse Hey, come on church come on church if you don't want to pray for yourself you can pray for the person sitting next to you let the truth bring forth fruits in this house that will no longer be pains tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine you know where you are frustrated you know where you stopped you know where you cannot where you feel where you feel like you don't have space I like us tonight to hold two people's hands. Maharabarosh, hold hands with two people. Manda rabakanda makare bregede shantala barabadosh e makala barebo just find two people so it's three people praying everywhere rebodosh anda magana barebagana dabosh and I like you to pray over that life declare that they are a testimony of the grace of God declare that the grace of God that we have received finds room it finds expression it finds expression in their soul in their spirit in their body in their finances it finds expression in their words i'd like you to pray for them from the bottom of your heart i'd like us to bring down every roadblock everything that is stopping the expression the full manifestation of the grace of god I'd like you to declare over your brother, over your sister, that they are growing in the grace of God. Why don't you declare that the grace of God is abounding towards us? The grace of God is abounding. And also declare that truth is having its work in them. Truth is having its work in them. That the word of God is dwelling in us richly. The word of God is dwelling in us richly. Declare that we have unusual appetites for the word of God. The Bible calls him the spirit of truth. Why don't we ask tonight that the spirit of truth will come upon us as a family afresh. That we will see wondrous things in the word of God. Why don't you declare freedom by the truth? Why don't you declare freedom? I don't know who you are holding. You might not even know them. But pray in the spirit. Pray in your understanding. Pray in the spirit. Pray in your understanding. They will not be held down anymore. Enough of playing church. Enough of playing church. In this house. Declare they're becoming more like Jesus. They're becoming more like Jesus. They're bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit. They're bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit. Declare 
Why don't we just take a minute and just worship God in this house tonight? Just go ahead and worship Him. 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 We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Let's go ahead and worship. Let's go ahead. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.